I think you just got to be passionate about it. Well, actually, that said, you don't have to be at the start. Just start and then the passion will come because you'll like it and you'll go, wow, wow, look how much I've improved. I like doing this. And then you'll post it. Art Supply Posse, it's Kim here. Today we're bringing you an interview with Matt Vagotis, who is well known for his logo work created with brush lettering. He also has Skillshare classes on hand lettering. You'll find the link on his classes in the show notes. If you'd like to support Art Supply Posse, head over to patreon.com forward slash art supply posse and select one of the membership options. Your support will help pay web hosting fees and lots of other non-exciting but real world things that we need to pay. Hi Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Hey Kim, thank you for having me. Stoked to, uh, to be here. So can you tell us please, who is Matt Vagotis? <laughs> okay, uh, a quick Wikipedia of myself. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a Gold Coast local. Um, I specialise in corporate identity, um, lettering and topography, and uh, I guess personally, um, I'm a father of uh, two gorgeous, married with with two gorgeous girls. Um, self obsessed surf nerd, sort of spend most of my time if I'm not working and with the family in the ocean, and a try hard wannabe sort of. Uh, musician Uh, I'm going through a midlife crisis at the moment where um, the group of guys that I surf with um, we decided to form a band and we had very little experience in any instruments and so yeah that's been my latest obsession over the last year every Thursday night we get together and you know slowly but surely we've got 10 songs under our belts and we're just we we just got to get them tight now nothing like throwing yourself in the deep end oh totally totally uh, I never so thought. What, do you, what are, you, are you playing or singing? What are you doing? No, I definitely don't sing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If my voice is coming across um, as bad as how I hear it when I hear my voice replayed, but uh, it's it's not the best voice for singing. Um, I play the the guitar. I do a bit of rhythm and a fair bit of the lead at the moment, which is kind of crazy because I I hadn't done lead. Look, I've got very basic skills on the guitar and. So I've, I've really had to sort of just um, OCD down on uh, learning scales and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's fun. I love it. I, you know, I thought it was going to be the next life. I was going to, you know, hopefully come back as a musician. But, you know, there's still time left in this this life. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You never know. Look, you could be up there playing with The Edge and, and Bono and, you know, oh, like, who knows? How tragic, how tragic huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why not? You've got to challenge yourself, so you might as well. Become a musician. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's yeah. That's basically me. Um, I, I think we talked more about the thing that's least important to this more than <laughs> what well, no, is important. It, do, it does. It does offer an insight because I think when we think of professional artists, you know, you tend to think that's all they do. But I don't think you really can just do that. You've got to have a a, a life outside of that as well you know I think it, that helps bring experiences to what you create yeah definitely definitely um I try and simplify my life um to just the things that I really love um I mean there's a lot of things that I do like doing that I just don't do anymore because I'd rather put the time into the things that I love more um uh for a while that was just work family and surfing um so I didn't do things like golf or tennis or or fishing or anything like that because 
I just didn't. I, I, you just spread yourself too thinly. But um, but then music came along, and so I'm, I'm you know I needed more. I think you just need to be um, interested and and learning stuff. So for me, that was just a new pursuit to sort of you know knuckle down and and, and try and try and get something out of it. Yeah, definitely. So how did you find the, the, the world of typography and lettering? Um, I think intently, like, like I mean, I've, I've always been around it with, with my line of work, you know, so I'm a graphic designer and, you know, I've gone through many roles in the graphic design world from, you know, doing magazine layouts to, um, you know, I, I conceptual advertising and all of that. But when I decided to go out on my own and specialise in corporate identity, I... I was basically so I was designing logos for companies, and every logo, every company has a completely different brief, um, a, a different set of values, a different problem to solve. And one day there was just this one client that, when I read the brief, I, I thought to myself, they need a, re- a really, you know, a, a beautiful lettering style, brush pen sort of thicks and thins uh, logo. It was a fashion label and. You know, I, I had dabbled. Well, I, I designed logos in the past that were hand drawn, you know, lettering style, but nothing with the the, the real um, execution quality that you know that I was seeing around at the time. And and you know, I, I definitely stepped out of my comfort zone to execute this this one logo. And this was around when was it? It was probably two thousand and. Oh geez, I've lost track of time. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> two thousand and what? Where were two thousand eighteen? Now it's probably around two thousand eleven, two thousand and twelve. Mm-hmm. And so it was this one logo that I designed, and I just I really enjoyed the process of doing it. And when I published that logo online, I got a string of follow up inquiries based on it, and it just kick started this huge momentum and, and and shift in in the style of work that I was doing like you know because I'd been creating lots and you know stacks of logos that were all very different styles you know mark I, I would design the typeface so you know I've always had a passion for you know typeface design but when it comes to lettering you know this one logo just all of a sudden just you know, opened it up, opened this doorway up, and I haven't stopped since. Um, you know, whether it's been you know writing titles um, uh, or or doing other advertising campaign lettering, it's yeah, it's it's just it's been fantastic murals and stuff like that. It's 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 been you know a, a wonderful thing. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. So it kind of found you in a way. Um. Yeah, yeah, it did in, in, in the means of a brief. Yeah, the brief found me and I just I, I thought, okay, that's what I've got to do for this client. And, um, yeah, and, and, and then I became obsessed. So at the start, basically I, I, I was lettering all my logos. Um, but then I wanted to learn brush pen calligraphy. So if I can explain the difference, lettering is yeah. the art of illustrating um, your letter forms. So sketching out, you know, the thicks and the thins and way the word, the word looks, the letters and the, and, and, and the words look. Whereas calligraphy is actually getting the results organically through the use of a pen. So, you know, you apply more pressure on your thicks on your way down and you lift up the pen a bit to create the thins on your way up. So mm-hmm. rather than illustrating all of that as, a, you know, like a picture, you're, you're, you're writing it. Um, 
So I became obsessed with uh, learning how to get those smooth transitions and those silky smooth curves through using a brush pen. Because, you know, you can capture so much more personality when you write a letter form, um, just, you know, wielding a brush pen and stuff like that. So that became, you know, I guess a bit of an obsession for a little while. So I started off lettering and then uh, it, it, it transformed into um, to more brush pen calligraphy. And I still do both equally, you know, equal amounts. Certain logos will require me to illustrate the letter forms. Um, but then when I'm writing titles, I do a lot of work for Spotify where I write titles for them. Um, a lot of that is uh, calligraphy. Okay. So how do you prefer to start a new piece of work? Like do you, is it, do you know what it needs or is it sometimes you have to think about it and play with different mediums before you realise one's going to be better than the other? Or So um, if it's, say, a logo, um, for example, I mean, obviously you, write, you, you read the brief and, and, and not all, all uh, briefs will lead towards doing something that has that lettering or calligraphy style. So, you know, then I'll go back to more of a traditional typeface design and, and a conceptual mark. But um, when it comes to, say, lettering or calligraphy or, you know, that particular style, um, it, it's about identifying with certain parts of the brief like you know a brief might have something like you know service or, or speed or something like that and you might you know okay well I'm, this might need to be you know a little bit more italic and you know in its in its form and it might have to have a, a faster sort of style which will will bring out the um the callig- calligraphy style because you can write calligraphy sort of in a very slow, smooth, cursive sort of way, or you can be really fast and erratic with the way that you, you know, and gestural with your movements. So, you know, it, it all boils down to the brief. And then, you know, you, you just start to identify certain um, aspects that are working and you just keep pushing them to this point of desirability. Um, and, and you might actually start off with something that's written you know, in calligraphy first, brush pen calligraphy, and then all of a sudden you go, okay, that's the bones of what's going to look great. Now it's time to illustrate it. Now it's time to do the lettering aspect and, you know, I might then lay down a sheet of paper and 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 uh, trace over the calligraphy and, and, and do a, a lettering piece. So it, you know, it, it changes for every every project really. I mean, but that that's generally how um, I would do one certain style of logo. Are you, are you working um, with digital tools or analog tools or both? Everything starts off analog. So I, um, I, I, everything starts with a – I've got a whole heap of fancy pens, right? <laughs> Once this <laughs> thing got serious, you know, and, and I fell in love with it, I bought so many um, pens and, you know, I love them all. But um, everything really starts with a pencil, you know, to, to bring it down to the very basics. All you need is a, you know, whatever – lead pencil you prefer and 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 some paper and and, and a rubber and and, that, and that's all you need to, you know to get things off the ground everything else is you know can just sort of add a, a, a unique flavor to it but you can achieve the same results through illustrating everything anyway so um I'll, I'll i'll typically start with just a pencil on paper and i'll write out whether it's music titles or it's a, a logo i will just write the letter forms first um, I may have a certain style that I think has to work straight up, so mm-hmm. I'll just you know a, a, you know apply that style and and just go from there. And then you, like I said, you identify certain um, 
you, you know, the way certain letters might connect um, and then you start pushing different sort of ligatures and stuff like that and you do everything on pencil first. But then it's equally important to have a digital game because, you know, especially mm-hmm. for um, logo design, everything has to be vectored. Uh, if it's yeah. typography art, um, you know, it's going on T-shirts or it's going on advertising campaigns, everything's it's got to be digitalized. Um, yeah. So you can actually have an incredible digital game and quite a sloppy sort of analog game and that will make up for it. Um, you, you can have the best analog game, like you can you could write like a master, like a penman master and if you can't digitalise it correctly, it's not it, you, you're going to sell your work short because there is such a fine art in, in the digital process when you're perfecting those curves. Because you want, like, I can spend hours on just one letter just tweaking out the nodes and the anchor points just to make it as silky smooth as possible. Um, so it's important to have both games for sure. Yeah. Do you prefer, especially because with the analogue and, and calligraphy and whatnot, is, is black your preferred colour or does it just depend on what, what you're actually creating as to whether black or actually a colour of some sort or colours, I guess? Um, is, Look, I do everything when I'm creating a logo. I'll do everything in black and white. I don't need to be um, distracted by color. Um, but what is interesting to point out is I, I like to when I'm designing. Um, when I've done all the analog process and, and, and I'm vectorizing a logo, I will first do the outline. I'll, I'll scan in the logo and then I'll do the outline. Um, so the, the solid part is black. Um, well, it's actually an outline of the letter forms, and then I'll, I'll I'll fill everything, and then I'll see it black on white. But then for the there's so much time that actually goes in after that. So once you and this is what I mean by the the whole it's important to have a digital game. So no matter how perfect I can make an analog sketch look on paper, without a doubt, when it comes to vectorizing, I will spend hours upon hours fine-tuning what I've done. You, you, you just don't see it when you've, you, you've written it down. But yeah. through that process, what I'll do is, like I said, I, 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 I start vectorizing it in an outline, then I make the type black on white. But then I'll create a layer of black and then I'll put, I'll reverse the type on top of black. And that just helps me see the negative and positive spaces a lot better um, to balance out, uh, you know, the negative and positive spaces. So I'll, I'll make countless um, iterations, just tweaking out those curves until I, I, all of a sudden, you know, I, I guess you, it just this moment clicks in your brain where you go, okay, that's aesthetically looking right. Yeah. I'm not sure if I went on a tangent there <laughs> and answered the question. Probably. Actually, I did not even realise there was that much. That probably sounds terrible. I didn't realise there was that much work involved. You know what I mean? Like I just thought, oh, you must just create the word, the logo, and scan it in and suddenly you're done. I, did, I had no actual yeah, idea no, that there was all this other work that goes on. Yeah, I've got it down to a pretty fine art. I've been doing it a while now and, um, you know, you, you, the, the process gets smoothed out along the way. But, no, there, there is an incredible amount of work involved. I mean, I mean, anything that, you know, um, when, when you specialise in anything, it's, it's, it's about those little micro adjustments that, you know, that differentiate mm-hmm. you from, say, something that doesn't quite have that same aesthetic. And 
you know, in the early days I would study people's designs that I liked and I, I would go, why does that A look so goddamn hot, you know? And, you know, and, and it's because they've, they've tucked in, this, the, you know, the counter this way and they've got, they've got a bit more weight through the stem, through this transition, you, you know, all those little things and just really analyse it. So, yeah, like th- there's, there's a lot of, lot of work that goes into it and a lot of analysing and, and, but then, you know, you do it enough and then it just sort of becomes sort of second nature. Mm, yeah, you, you practice and do it, as you say, do it enough and you're doing it and probably still doing the same amount of work but just not quite consciously aware of that yeah, work because you exactly. so much just flows. Yeah, that's right. So what is there a, pro- a project that you've done recently um, that you're, you know, you're quite proud of that you, you really think that's that that's taken it to a whole other level or are you just do you love every project and then you move on to the next one and then the next one's the best? Um, oh, geez, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, I, I just finished doing, I've been doing some work for some breweries lately. Yeah, I've lately. seen that on your website. <laughs> So the logos and the packaging for breweries, um, yeah. what really kick-started that was Black Hops. Um, and I'm still to this day, I mean, that's now a few years old now and I, I still, I'm still very proud of what I did for them. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can design something and then, a, you know, a few years later you, you sort of see a few, you know, no matter how much time you spend on it, you, you, you then look at it with fresh eyes and, you know, perhaps you might think, well, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm now dissing my own work. Jeez. Um, but, no, I think we all do it. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you judge. You, 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 you're toughest critic sometimes. But um, yeah, you are. But also, as you're getting more and more and more experienced, you, and you're getting even better at what you do, you will look back on those older things and think, "Oh, that that was great at the time." But look, you can yeah. see now how much I've improved from then to now. Like, yeah, yeah do you know what well, I mean? That, I'm putting yeah. together a speech for typism that's going to be in Canberra shortly and part of putting this um, speech together, I've had to go through so much of my work to work out what's worth showing and, you know, try and weave a storyline into it and um, it's it's incredible when you look back at the body of work that's, um, you know, that's w- w- where it all kicked off and, and to where it is now and just how much work you've, you've put in to get there. But to get back to your question, which job am I most proud of or what I am proud of at the moment is a job um, for Slipstream Brewing Co. Um, that for me has been my favourite project recently that I've worked on. I put a lot of time and effort into that one and I can't wait to um, publish a, a bit of a case study on it, but it, it incorporates a lot of design disciplines I guess with this one like you know it's it's got the it's got the logo it's got an emblem crest logo it's got um a, a, you know a, a, a nice color palette, the corporate identity side of things so mm-hmm. and and for all the core range beers I've done different le- styles of calligraphy um and I've also done these little illustrations and it's quite an adventurous sort of um packaging design for me and 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 I I'm really happy with the way it's come together because it, it, it could have been all too much, but it's it's it, it has it's come together, and I'm really quite proud of it. And the beer tastes bloody good too. <laughs> that helps enormously. Oh, I tell you what, beer tastes, you know, I guess ten percent better when it's branded well. But I tell yeah. you what, from 
the perspective of the person that's branded it, it's another 10% on top of that. When you're holding that can and you're going, okay, I made this, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. But it just so happens that the beer, you know, it could be served in, I don't know, a, a coffee mug and it's still incredible. <laughs> that's 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 not bad. That's a pretty good testament. Yeah. I know I've been in the bottle shop and looking at I'm I'm I drink wine, not beer as such, but looking at wines and it's not so much the price when I'm looking at wine. I don't know. It's the what is the label doing for me? Yeah. You know, yeah. like Why with your eyes the, first the, the logo and is it an attractive design? And yeah. you know, that's it's, it. It's yeah. really important. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, like you buy with your eyes first and then, um, yep. you know, unless unless you, you know, you, you, you're in the industry or you, you follow it and you sort of know and you've heard of these things, every single punter that goes into a bottle shop that is unaware, you know, you can get, you get confused, you know, there's so oh, yeah. much to choose from. So you do, you look, you, you definitely, you look at something and you think, oh, well, I like the look of that, that must taste good, yes. you know, so... Yep. Um, Definitely, and I suppose that applies well, like to everything. It. It's a great canvas to work on um, alcohol. Yeah, it would drink be. Drink responsibly, everybody. <laughs> yes, of course, drink responsibly, people. Yes, we should We should say that. <laughs> um, so you, you've also got classes available on Skillshare. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, yeah. I, I did one about, oh, geez, it must be like four or five years ago now, and I've been meaning to do a follow-up one. But I put so much energy and effort into the first one that I don't know what to, t- what to teach now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically um, it walks you through my entire process from start to finish for designing a signature style logo. Um, so basically that's a brush pen style logo, but I also um, dive into sort of lettering, creating it with, you know, using lettering as opposed to calligraphy if you don't have the, the skills to wield a brush pen. So, And I go through the vectoring process and I go through all the tools that I use. And, yeah, it's it was a lot of fun putting together. Um, like I said, I'd like to do another one. I just have to work out a certain angle to come from <laughs> for the next class. Yeah. So are they, aimed at, are they aimed at, say, someone wanting to dive into the world of, of typography and lettering, you know, find out what it is? Or is that more for someone who, who wants to create a logo for their thing but maybe they just can't afford to hire someone at this stage? Or what's who who's the ideal student? Um, I guess the ideal student is someone that is interested in this and they may not, like for me, I, di- I didn't look at any tutorial. I'm self-taught. And I think yep. that's the most important thing. You've got to have the drive to want to be able to do something. Um, otherwise, you just won't do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can you can do this, the, the classes and, and, and whatnot, but if you don't back it up, then, you know, the skill's lost. It's like learning a language or, or whatever. Um, you, you've got to want to do it. So I guess it's perhaps for someone, it's, it's probably for a few different type of people. It's for someone that's not sure, that wants to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably for someone that is already obsessed with learning it but they want to see how I particularly do it and and then it's for someone that wants yeah it's that same person also you you're going to learn a whole heap of you know techniques along the way you know I learned them through trial and error myself whereas it's it's probably a shortcut well it is it would be a shortcut for someone to then you know to go through my class and see how I do things Hey, I might not be doing it the best way. There might be someone else that does it a different way, um, and they might have a class out there. But 
you know, my class goes through my technique and, and, and how I get my end result. And Which so works guess, for you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just process fodder. And I think sometimes it's, it's actually quite good to learn a similar skill set but from different teachers so you can sort of think you might do, learn something and think, I, I just can't quite get it and then they might do your course and suddenly the, the way you teach it and the way you do it, it fits with them. Yeah, absolutely. And they yeah. might it might be apparent in my class that it, it, you've got to practice. You've got to you've got to have a love for just sort of picking up the pen and 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 spending fifteen minutes here and there during the day to 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 just write and write and write and write and to build that muscle memory. And then they go, well, you know what? I st- I still really want to do this. This is what I've got to do. So I'm going to do this. Yeah. So that's it's basically a good founding. Certainly, if if you're wanting to enter into the world, anyway, it's yeah, a great I place so. to start. I would think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are your favourite tools to work with? You said you had, you've got like, oh, I'm going to assume hundreds of pens, <laughs> because yeah. when you jump into these things, you tend to just buy every tool you can get. Do you yeah. have something that you keep going back to time and time again? Or for sure, I've got a heap of go-to pens, and <laughs> then I've got a heap of pens that are shelved and I never use. And then sometimes I might not use a go-to pen for a long time and I might pick up one of those shelf pens and I go, well, hang on, I actually quite like this and it becomes my new go-to pen and I sort of, you know, sort of chop and change. It's funny, every pen, every different type of make of pen, um, they, 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 they kind of have their own sort of, oh, this sounds fruity, but superpower. <laughs> like, you know, you've got to unlock the superpower. Yeah. Like, so I've picked up some pens and I've I've hated it. I've gone, oh, this doesn't work. This 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 pen sucks, and it's because I'm trying to use it like I use a certain other pen. Mm. Um, and so then I've come back to that pen, you know, months or even a year later, and I've picked it up and I've just gone, oh, okay, well I'll, I'll approach it this way, and I've gone, okay, wow, this this is great. I'm doing a different style because you do get caught up in certain styles um, if 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 you just practice the same thing over and over. So. I, I guess it's about unlocking their powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you do you find that like on on the different pens is is there like tr- like you see you sometimes you look around and like at the moment it feels like everything is written on a chalkboard. Um, yeah. That's not obviously a product. Do, 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 do trends and things like that affect you at all, or do you just create what what you feel is right for that particular thing? And if it's part of a trend, yay. And if it's not, well, yay too, because yeah. it doesn't really matter. I, I it think- suits. One hundred percent. It's it, it's it's yeah. Trends. There are certain styles that I see popping up on social media all the time, based off what one person's done. Yeah. And you know, to me, that's a red flag. I'm not. I won't go near that style because yeah. I don't. I don't want to. It's you know. Sometimes it's it's good, and you grow by practicing trends and styles, and then you adapt it and you make it your own. You you put your own sort of spin on it, and that's fine. Um, I try to have a blank canvas with every single project and, you know, sure, subconsciously things sit and they might come out when, when you approach something. But um, if it's a real obvious trend that's going, you know, around at the moment, then, you know, I try and not, try and not sort of, um, yeah, tap into it. <laughs> what about, um, so, you know, with your logo work particularly, what about the actual client? Like how much of... 
obviously they they would give you a brief but do they do they have like really quite it has to be it has to be blue and it has to be this that, or are they, or are they pretty open and willing to to you presenting them with with your own idea your own take on things both them and everything in between. <laughs> so I have some clients like the brewery projects that I've worked on. Every single one except for one has given me basically free reign. Yeah. Actually, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. They've given me a brief. Yes. But before I've started, I've said, look, I've read your brief. Now I have a vision for what I think's right for you. Yeah. And then I've pinned my ears back and, I've, and I've, I've executed it and then I've presented it. And I've been lucky enough with all of them but one, um, that that's what's ended up being used. Um, You know, it takes on the characteristics from their brief, of course, but I've done it my way and, and, you know, it's important for me as a creative to put forward what I think is going to work and, 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 you know, but then I've had some clients that do have very clear briefs. They just don't know how to execute it. Yeah. and they might have gone down some other channels and they haven't been able to execute it and, you know, they, they know what they want and that's fine and that's great. And I, if I'm doing my job right, if I, if I read a brief, I should be able to interpret that and, and execute it the way. And that's it because with, with corporate identity, I mean, you, you know, there are some designers that have specific styles and I'm sure I've got specific – I do have specific styles within, you know, the broad range of things that I do, but you've got to be adaptable to every single different brief and you can't – enforce a style you might be just indulging in just because you you know you you you're trending on it yourself you've you've got to uh you've got to adapt to the brief and and and, and with that you, you just you get such a you learn such a variety of, of ways like you know I, I might receive a brief tomorrow that's requires this ornate sort of you know, emblem crest, and then I'll just knuckle down on studying that sort of style, and I'll I'll, I'll do my damn just to you know <laughs> try and execute it as best yeah. as I can. Yeah, yeah, which is probably the best thing at the end of the day. You know, you're you're, um, you're giving them what they want, and you you're also learning yourself while you're going. It makes it interesting for sure. Yeah. That's I mean, I, I would get really really bored if I was just doing the same thing over and over. Yes. Yes, which I think is that actually what I feel about a lot of these trends. You just think, don't you get bored of doing that same thing over and over and over again? Like, yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. And you see it all the time. And and look, I'm, uh, it's it's no disrespect to people that that do. I, I do admire some, and and some people make a you know a, a very you know a, a great name for themselves and, mm. and get you know a lot of business out of it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just for me, I I, I do like like the idea of, you know, having a blank canvas every time and, and trying to problem solve. That, that for me, that's the exciting part of what I do. Just um, looping back to the tools question for a minute, do, do you actually do, when you're saying brush pens, are they brush pens like with ink cartridges or ink in them or are we talking about actually dipping br- like like a paintbrush but a brush pen into ink or, or what, what, what is your... Yeah, what are you using? Both? Both? Yeah, yeah, both. Mainly, though, they're disposable ones, so the ink's inside them. Um, But I've got ones that have cartridges. I've got ones that you dip into and you use like a paintbrush. Um, But, I I mean, if you want specific names of the the go-to pens that I use. Why not? People people love to know what everyone else uses, so, yeah, you might as well. (laughs) So there's the, the, the one that I fell in love with first was the Zebra Fine 
disposable brush pen. It's a grey pen and it's got quite it's it's a hard tip brush pen, although it's it's quite soft and you can get some really beautiful thicks and thins and the thins that you get are, are super consistent, lovely. When you when you go from your thick to your thin, you get this nice transition. Of course mm-hmm. you've got to try it, it takes a while to get that technique of getting that yeah. um, that transition. But once you do start to work it out, it, it's just super smooth. So that was a, a, a a pen that I still go back to. Um, that's the one that I wrote the the Troy Sivan um, uh, album, uh, Blue Blue Neighborhood, with that one. But I use so I can use that pen a, di- a couple of different ways. I can use it fast and flicky, which get, gets lo- lovely texture through the strokes, and then slow and smooth, and then then you get just beautiful blacking that gets displaced on the paper and and, and lovely contrast. Um, then there's the Fudigo Kochi, no Cure Take. Futigo Kochi. Um, it's 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 like the other one, except a lot more ink comes out. So and it's it's a smaller smaller tip. Um, but yeah, I, I love how much ink comes out of that one. And yeah, I, I use it for again fast flicky sort of writing, and then soft you know transitional sort of script sort of style work. And then I've got a ruling pen, which is an old um, – I wish I could give you the exact history on it, but as I understand it, I think architectures used to use it to draw straight lines and stuff. Yes, but it's yes. being, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a metal nib. It's a small little thing. There's a, few, uh, there's a variety of different types of ruling pens, but the one that I fell in love with first was this small little thing that's got – like you dip the, the nib in some ink. I use Indian ink and then um, – yeah, I, I, and the, the the results that I would get with that um, were very sort of in tune with me just experimenting my sort of natural handwriting, so just expressive sort of creative stuff. It's a bit scratchy, it's a bit splattery, it's a bit fast, it's a bit sort of um, uh, it, it's just kind of like natural handwriting that's that's got character. Um. And then what else? I, I love the Pilot Parallel pens. Um, they're yep. more of, a, I guess, a, a, a chisel tip pen. Um, I've ground one of, I've, I've sanded one of them back to have sort of like a, a, a curve on it, which helps me write in a very similar to what, way to what those ruling pens I, I do, just that sort of fast, erratic, scratchy, ink splattering and, you know, getting lots of character with, with, with the way the ink hits the paper. Um so that's that's a fun pen. What else is there? Um, I only really named three or four there. Oh, <laughs> the, the Tombos are good. I use the Tombos for um, the the dual uh, um, the brush pen that's got like a, a felt tip at one end and a, and a brush pen at the end. Um, I use them for uh, Spotify titles for the rap caviar sec- music section. Um, so part of what I do on day to day. Um, is write titles for Spotify where they, they might have a documentary that they do on a musician and they have these pop-up uh, titles and, you know, captions. and, and oh, okay, yeah. So it's all handwritten stuff, which is great. They're fantastic. Oh. Um, so I use that pen for that. Uh, what else is there? That's all what I can about paper? Uh, okay, well, this is an easy <laughs> question. I, I pretty much do everything on Canson bleed-proof paper. Okay. It preserves the life of the pens a lot more because normal, say, you know, photocopy paper that you get mm-hmm. just dries up the pens and it destroys the tips. Um, with the Canson bleed-proof paper, it doesn't go through if I'm using het- 
wet, heavy inks. It doesn't go through to the, to the next page. And the, the surface is really silky smooth. Um, so, yeah, it just feels really nice on those brush pens. I use both sides of the, the paper because I've discovered with the titles that I do for Wrap Caviar that when I'm using the Tombow, if I flip the side and use the side you're not meant to use for bleed proof because it's sealed on one side and not the other, yeah. I get much different texture through the strokes. And so, yeah, I use both sides. I use every square inch of an A3 piece of paper. It's not, it's not cheap stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like I'm a tight ass, but I just no, but you know, I won't waste it. <laughs> why waste it? And then sometimes when I've covered every square inch of an A3 piece of paper, just for practice, I'll, I'll get out some coloured pens and go over the top of it, and you can still see what you're doing. But you know, yeah, you yeah, why not? Muscle memory along the way. And in some ways, that would uh, that would actually look really cool. That effect. <laughs> it does, yeah, yeah, for sure. There has been some that I've thought, oh, you know, you could. There's almost. It's almost worth exploring sort of art doing doing it that way. That's just what I was thinking. That's artwork you're creating there. That's kind of like um, street art, you know, graffiti yeah. in a way, but on paper yeah. and smaller and legal. And <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I'm real, I, I feel very fortunate that it's, it's, it's how I sort of, you know, make a living because yeah. it's, you know, getting down with pens and paper and create, you know, being creative and, and I, yeah, I do. I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing it. It, it certainly sounds that way. Um, speaking to you, you can hear, you can hear the passion and, and the enjoyment. So yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you, you want to add that we haven't covered? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, geez, I'm now just, have an advice for someone that thinks they've listened to this and they think, you know what, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. Obviously, they've got your your uh, skills Skillshare. Yeah. Can't get that word out. Class okay. to go on to. But any anything else? Any other suggestions you could you oh. could offer someone? Yeah, definitely. I really wholeheartedly believe that the the learning curve um, is quite steep. Meaning, you will get results in a quick amount of time. Um, you, you you'll see improvements very quickly if you put in just a little bit of time every day at the start I mean you don't want to burn out on these things like I've taught some classes some workshops and you know that are all day workshops and and you know, you know it's a long time for people to be knuckling down and trying to learn something and you know you don't learn something from just one session you know you, it, you know you pick up some techniques that you you carry on but it's just those little bits of time that you can put in. Like if you work on a computer all day, I mean, it's you're meant to stop looking at the screen after a certain amount of time. I've never mm-hmm. done that, but oh, well, I have when I've been learning other things. But like, you know, for a long period of time, I never used to do that. But if if you just, you know, take a break and, and just write your name, start with your name because you've written your name, you know, a gazillion times in the past. So, you, you know, your hand knows how to write those letters better than any other combinations. Just start writing your name with a brush pen and mm-hmm. – you know, identify what, what, what part of the letters need to be thick, what need to be thin, and, and just um, keep practising it. And you just spend five minutes every couple of hours doing it. And I guarantee you in a, in a, you know, in a couple of weeks you, the, the, the results that you get are so much better than when you first started doing it. And that, that learning curve, that sort of, um, you know, improvement keeps keeps going and, 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 you know, just the more you keep doing it and 
before you know it, you're, you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And particularly, I think if you were like to do that with a, if you just picked a, picked a book, picked a sketchbook or, or whatever, a notebook, whatever, started with that, even after two weeks, if you did that every day, you would be able to see within those pages the improvement that you make. 100% for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It, look, it's like all things, you know, to be at the start, just start doing it. That's what you've got to do. You've just got to start. Yeah. You know, and then you'll become passionate about it. Just do it. Yeah. You, you just start and then the passion will come because you'll like it and you'll go, wow, I, wow, look how much I've improved. I like doing this. And then you'll post it in someone. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in the industry, you know, the, the power of sharing your work can lead to so many other opportunities if, if, if that's, you know, if that's your thing. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's it's one of the good uses of, of the internet and social media is is that can happen now or it'll happen perhaps easier than it may have in the past. There is some good in social media. Yes. There is, there is one or two things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't, get me start, don't get me started on social media. I've, I have such a love-hate relationship with it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful for it because it's given me so many opportunities, but then I, yeah. Yes. I'm You're damned if you talking. do and damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. Thank you, Matt, so much for, for making time for us. I really appreciate it today. I've, I've, I've learned a lot myself, so I'm pretty certain the listeners will as well. Um, yeah, we can yeah. find you at, um, at your website. I guess is that the best place for everyone to head to find yeah. you and everything you do? Like all uh, designer designers out there, it's due for a, uh, a refresh. But, yes, you can find me on verg, V-E-R-G, dot com, dot au. Yep. Um, I tell you where, if you want to see more up-to-date work um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that comes through, because I haven't updated my website in a while, um, uh, you, Instagram's probably the best place, which is just my, my Instagram, uh, Matt Vergottis. So it's M-A-T-T. Uh, Vergotis, which is V-E-R-G-O-T-I-S, but I'm sure you'll have links all yes, hooked up. Yes, there'll be all the links and all the things, absolutely. That's, yep, <laughs> definitely will be. Excellent. Definitely will be. Thank you. Hey, Posse, did you enjoy that interview? If you have a few spare minutes, could you write us an iTunes review? It helps more people to find us. And the more people we have, the better it is for us to be able to get even more exciting guests for you. If you have questions about art supplies, head on over to forum.artsupia.org. There'll also be a link in the show notes to this one and ask away. It's a really friendly community of people who love art supplies and sharing their knowledge with other people. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Bye for now. And I just realised I pronounced your surname wrong. Sorry about that. <laughs> it happens all the time. You, you pronounced it how teachers pronounced it when I was at school. Oh, which is did I? <laughs> yeah, I know, should have it, asked. I should have asked. I shouldn't have assumed. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, Vigotus, that's, that's, I, I grew up hearing that all the time. But it's, well, my family pronounce it Vergotus. Um, yeah. But it's funny, I bumped into someone that knew another Vergottis and there's not many of us around. We're, we're, we're usually some sort of blood relative somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. Yep. Um, and she told me that that their family pronounced it Vergottis. So you didn't get it wrong if what, you were talking. Uh, what nationality is it? It's Greek. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so okay. I'm half Greek. We, um, 
we have a lot of Greeks around here. I'm surprised I haven't heard the name before. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know anyone outside of direct sort of like you know lineage to sort of I guess my great grandfather or you know that's that's forgot us. We're I think think we're all related. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's often the way it is, isn't it? My my maiden name is Cruiser, um, but it's. It's Austrian, so it's actually pronounced Kreitzer, not that we pronounce it that way. And, yeah, yeah, hardly anyone, although I remember being a kid in Adelaide and I picked up the phone book, I don't know why, and I found there was a cruiser in the phone book that we had no idea who it was and I was so excited. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And did it turn out they were related? No idea. I wasn't allowed to pick up the phone and ring them. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind knowing actually. Although I'm not, there's a there's a Carlton football. That's player. that uncle we don't talk to. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't want me to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 